Hi, I'm David Benedetto, and today we have Richard Campanella, geographer and author for the Tulane School of Architecture, in the studio to answer some questions for us for our segment, Talking New Orleans. How are you doing, Richard? All right. Well, fantastic. Well, for starters, uh, could you tell us about the plan to build a monorail in New Orleans in 1958? 1958, this was um, really at the peak of this uh, post-war effort led by Mayor Morrison to improve the transportation efficiency of the city. And um, he and his administration um, uh, did uh, you know, oversaw the build, building of the first bridge over the Mississippi, the Pontchartrain Expressway leading to it, separated uh, grade crossings before you would drive around town and hit railroad after railroad. Uh, a lot of, He smoothed out a lot of these 19th century jogs and quirks in the, in the streetscape to make them more efficient. Um, and so uh, in this spirit um, came um, the need, but also the, the idea to build a high-speed rail connection, a monorail, between the two spots that really didn't have a good connection, and that was downtown New Orleans and the airport, uh, Moisson Airport. Uh, the interstates were not in place yet, um, and so uh, the uh, the entity uh, promoting this idea was a private sector firm out of Houston by the name of Monorail Incorporated. They were very clear in their branding, and um, it's significant that it came out of Houston because Houston had just exceeded New Orleans as the largest city in the region, in the South and the Gulf Coast, and so New Orleans was increasingly in competition with this new neighbor. And so the idea of kind of beating Houston at its own game with a space-age-looking uh, high-speed uh, high transit was very appealing uh, to some council members. Um, it was unappealing and perfectly unworkable to the professional side of local city government, the city planners, um, the the engineers, who were very skeptical about it. Um, so it it worked its way through the city council in 1958, but, but heeding the calls of their colleagues to look at this uh, skeptically and professionally, they um, had Monorail Incor Incorporated commission a study, and a full-blown study was done for it, and the, the, the graphics are dazzling. It's space age, and we're talking like, like a European bullet train hanging from these big J-shaped um, uh, concrete pillars that would be going up and down uh, neutral grounds. Um, and the vision by this time had expanded. Instead of just a, a direct shot to the airport, it was something resembling a metro-wide light rail system. Um, it was at that point that, uh, and I should mention, this was to be funded entirely by private money. It was at that point that this, the skepticism on engineering grounds started to also take a fiscal angle. And people wondered that the amount they were charging simply wouldn't even pay the interest on the money that they were going to invest in this. And the skepticism started to reveal that this was in all likelihood a project on the part of this company to exploit what they thought would be a pliable local government to use New Orleans as a showcase for this technology so that they could demonstrate it here and then sell it to other cities. Uh, and so by 1959, that skepticism finally won over the majority of the city council and the plan was killed. And so the rise and fall, and this was on every, this this was the talk of the town in, in 1958. Uh, and here we are all these years later and we're also now talking about light rail transit. Interesting. We'll see how that goes. Then. Indeed. Well, thank you. That was Richard Campanella with the, with the Tulane School of Architecture, and this is Talking to Orleans.